Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of The Rodcast. It's wonderful to see you all again. This week, we are continuing our series on our fantastic instructors with Griffin Camacho. Griffin, say hi to the people. Howdy, everyone. Yes, Griffin, as I'm sure you can tell from his speaking voice, he works here at the studio. He's a musician with us. Griffin, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm happy to be here. This is awesome. Yeah, so let's start by asking our most basic question. What do you do here? So I'm a, a voice teacher here at Rodman Steel Studio. I have a Bachelor of Music and Voice Performance from Southern Methodist University, Pony Up, and um, I teach voice and uh, mm -hmm. have a great time doing that as well. Yes, I'm sure that uh, your uh, your speaking voice will tell people that you've got a fantastic singing voice. Well, maybe. And, uh, <laughs> you know, a podcast being a very uh, auditory right. medium, I'm sure that uh, people at home will enjoy listening to this interview. Hopefully. Because you've, you've got a great voice for radio. Thank so you, thank you. Awesome. Well, yeah, uh, like you said, Griffin's one of our fantastic vocal instructors here. And yeah, he's been singing for a long time. Let's let's get into it. What what are some of your earliest musical experiences that you can remember? Um, so I started singing actually when I was like two. Um, okay. I've always sung for most of my life. Um, my uh, mother always wanted me to be a part of uh, youth and uh, church choirs when I was younger. Um, and so I just joined um, a church's, you know, little kid choir when I was two. Mm -hmm. um, one fun memory that I don't really remember, but I've seen a lot of pictures of, is uh, we were on the Riverwalk in San Antonio when I was like four or five. And there was a band on stage, and I went on stage, and I took the mic from them, and I just started singing for like an hour. So they have all oh these pictures gosh, of me on the Riverwalk. that's so cute. How old were you? I was like four or five. Oh yeah, my I know. goodness. So I probably was just like, wow, wow, wow. But, you know, it was, it was yeah, apparently a cute. A so. born performer. Ah, uh, yes, you know. You know <laughs> okay. Yes. So you started singing when you were little. I'm assuming you kind of just did choir. Yep, I did forever. choir forever. Um, I did that. Um, in high school, um, this was one of the <clears throat> weirder, um, I guess, musical experiences for me, but that got me into like musicals and stuff, is that I was in choir in, um, in high school. I did Allstate and all the above, but I hadn't really done a musical musical before. Mm -hmm. I've done like church musicals, but not like a fully blown musical before. Mm -hmm. And um, they were doing Little Shop of Horrors that year. I had no idea what that was. Mm -hmm. And um, someone was like, hey, you should be the plant. And I was <laughs> like, you want me to be a plant? Uh, I'll just like stand in the back like a plant or something. And so I auditioned and I found out that the plant's pretty much Elvis, but plant form. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, and I got to be the plant and, you know, had a microphone and, you know, came out of the plant at the end for my bow and everything. That's and great. That was kind of my introduction into musicals. Into so. the musical theater world. And how old were you at that time? Um, I was a sophomore in high school, so whatever age that oh, was. Oh, that's you know? fun. Yeah. 15, 16, yeah, something like that. fun time. That's yeah. awesome. So have you done a lot of musicals or other theater since then? Yes, I did, actually. So I'll just go really quick through my, I guess, my awesome roles that I enjoyed a lot. Uh, Audrey too, Little Shop of Horrors. I was Shrek and Shrek the Musical, which was fun. That's fun. Um, Did you have like oh green? the whole thing? Oh, yeah. that's and, awesome. And also TMI, but like I, I sweat when I perform, mm -hmm. and uh, at the end of each performance, it was just like green, <laughs> just oh, like oh, all the way down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my uh, the role that I'm probably uh, most um, proud of was I was Tevia in Fiddle on the Roof. Okay. And I was actually nominated for Best Actor of Dallas. Wow, uh, nice. For the High School Musical Theater Awards, um, we did the award show at Fair Park. They had like mm -hmm. news crews came on a red carpet on that's a convertible. That's so fun. Had a date. It was really cool and That's got to, awesome. it was like my first 
time being able to like soloistically perform on a like you know a stage with like three thousand people. Yeah, you know? so it's a that huge was, audience, especially for a high schooler. How old were you at that time? Uh, that was senior year, so okay. seventeen or eighteen or something. That's like that. that is so much fun. I love mm -hmm. that. So actually, I kind of want to rewind a little bit okay. because this is a very sort of small world connection between Griffin and I. We both ended up working here at Rodman Steel Studios, but we actually knew each other when we were kids yep. because we used to sing in the children's chorus of Greater Dallas together. Yes. So I thought that was kind of a fun coincidence. It was. I mean, I remember seeing like mm -hmm. your name in the Slack, and I was like, it, I mean, it could be probably another person. There, There's there, so many you know? people named Emily. There's so right? many Emilys like, in the world. So many know? Emilys, but but it was with your last name though, that's yes. different, right? Yes. So. Yes. So yeah, that's kind of a fun. Well, and yeah, children's chorus was a big influence because it, we had so many wonderful teachers and yes. conductors, and they really showed. If you don't know about the Children's Chorus Great Dallas, uh, you, they um, is the choirs for people of all ages uh, from high school and lower, and they get the chance to perform at like the Myerson Symphony Center mm -hmm. and performing venues all over um, the the city of Dallas. Uh, through Children's Chorus, I um, got to open the Wiley Theater with Alan Minkin, mm -hmm. who wrote the yes. Disney music. Yes, I remember. Did you do that we, too, right? Yeah, we did that we show. We did that together, that right? Show. That was an amazing experience. And then Bruce Willis was there. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, there were so many famous people there. I was, I was like, I don't think I was quite old enough to like realize how oh, cool no, it was. Oh no, of course not. No. But looking back, I'm like, wow, that was such a cool experience. And uh, yeah. my mom, who uh, love her to the death, she's the best uh, momager in the world, mom manager. Mm -hmm. uh, she actually uh, convinced them uh, to allow to sneak in the guacamole card in the service elevator and so nice. they got her up to the backstage because she wasn't working it and they didn't want random mothers coming so she just stuck backstage and all of a sudden bruce willis just walks up next to her like oh you wanted the mom she's like oh yeah my son's out there he's like ah cool this is nice nice that's so fun <laughs> that is so cool uh so i you know did that but it's a wonderful experience and that really I think I took for granted. I, I loved every performance, but you, when you're that young and you get to perform in such amazing venues mm -hmm. like the Myers Center, the Winsbury Opera House, or the Wiley Theater, and all these amazing things, I mean, I, I think both of us have done mm -hmm. already so many performances that some people would dream of. Yeah, doing. that's really that's really true, and I think well, this interview isn't about me, no, but fine, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure like you could also say doing things like that and even just performing with the Dallas Symphony Orchestra like when we did Carmina Burana with the Dallas uh -huh. Symphony Orchestra I was like that was one of the first times I ever even saw a full orchestra oh, yeah. in person and that was a huge you know influence on me wanting to keep doing music and I don't know if you could say the same oh yeah I mean but. really I mean because you get to at such a young age get experience to such wonderful people and such wonderful music and it's a great way to segue into that and it's also nice because um, choirs like that give people who um, from families that may not be so into not classical music but all types of music per se and mm -hmm. it allows kids to who also are in football and soccer and also in you know chemistry and everything mm -hmm. yeah. to just have an outlet to do their musical abilities yeah so I did that um, and then like in at SMU I did um, I was uh, William Barfay in the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, oh, which yes, is fun with yes. my niche matching clothes. That's a fun musical. Um, did that, and uh, we did some other things at SMU, and so yeah, mm -hmm. I've done a few yeah. musicals for that. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned you went to SMU, mm -hmm. and you got a bachelor's degree in vocal mm -hmm. performance. Yes, bachelor of music mm -hmm. for both performance. So, um, what way do you pick SMU? Oh man. Okay. So SMU, um, I kind of always thought I wanted to go to SMU. Um, uh, I'm glad I did because it's the best school in the world, honestly. Mm -hmm. I love the death. But I started actually uh, in the SMU Piano Preparatory um, there. I took piano um, from there. I think I was like 10 or 9. They have a okay. piano preparatory for pretty much high school down to like, you know, 5, pretty mm -hmm. much. Um, did that for a few years. 
And um, so I loved SME already, um, but actually I um, went to a World Leadership Conference in 2008 um, and Laura Bush was actually uh, the speaker. And they moved back to Dallas and everything. And I had a little letter for her as a cute little kid. I wrote mm -hmm. a letter like, welcome back to Dallas, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I told her um, that I was at SMU because she graduated from SMU. And so she was an alumni. And I sent a letter um, saying, hey, I'm doing the piano preparatory at SMU. And I hope to go to SMU one day. And I still have that letter because she wrote me back. Oh, really? And she said, keep doing piano, keep pursuing music. And I hope you get into SMU one day. Mm -hmm. And so I still have that letter. That is so cute. Uh, and, and who would know that I performed for them like 10 times, right? Oh, wow. So since then, right? So it's that just- That is so cool. That and um, in high school, I had a, um, a teacher named John Campione who was mm -hmm. fantastic, but he moved to New York uh, to mm -hmm. pursue Broadway. And his teacher um, was, was a voice professor at SMU. And so my senior year, I kind of transitioned to him mm -hmm. and he helped me with all my college auditions. And the one thing about pursuing voice is obviously you want a good school that you love mm -hmm. but a lot of people go to a school based on the voice teacher that you'll be studying with. yes and so i knew the voice teacher that i would study with i loved the school to death mm -hmm. i loved meadow school of the arts i loved the people i loved the city of dallas and so it just kind of all came in and i applied and i got in mm -hmm. and there we the go. The rest is history. Yeah, Wonderful. Yeah. So I can tell you, you had a great experience at SMU. What are a couple of the things that you feel like contributed to that amazing experience there? Oh man, one thing, let's um, just go to trade it to an SMU uh, uh, ad, uh, but um, <laughs> uh, SMU is just, their, their motto is world changer shaped here and they really mean that in the fact that like world changers, like people really important in the mm -hmm. world come to SMU just to visit or teach or anything. Um, one cool thing that I did, I was in an acapella group and uh, we got hired to perform at uh, President George W. Bush's uh, Christmas parties mm -hmm. at his library since it's on the campus. Um, and so I got to do that a few times. Um, you know, I've, I've seen uh, speakers of the houses, I've seen politicians, I've seen astronauts, I've seen, you know, uh, Kathy Bates is an alumni there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen actors, Rob mm -hmm. Lowe there, all these different people. So you always didn't know what you're going to expect every day. You could be walking down the boulevard and all of a sudden, oh, you know, there's a speaker of the house. Like I did, well, I just was walking on Dallas Hall steps and I was like, wow, there's all these security. Oh, oh, wow, <laughs> speaker of the house currently. Wow, wow that's cool. Um, so I did that. Um, there's a lot of amazing opportunities that I had there. Um, one opportunity that I had there um, that wasn't particularly because I was at SMU, but because I was still in Dallas, mm -hmm. um, and this was probably one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had as a singer. Um, a few years ago, there was the tragic event in Dallas uh, during the Dallas police shootings, mm, yes. and um, the whole city of Dallas was kind of in a flux. Um, the President Obama was coming. I mean, there was supposed to be a memorial service. They didn't know when. And I was at, it was like one in the morning on like uh, two nights before the actual memorial service was. And I get a call from not only um, my church choir director at the time, but also a White House official. Oh, wow. And uh, they needed, they said, we need singers for the interfaith memorial service. Um, are you available? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I will make uh, well, myself uh, well, available. I was like, uh, oh, that, yeah, well, who's this for? Like, for the president. And I was like, the president of who? And they were like, the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, well, I just, I remember sitting up being like, uh, yes. Um, who are you? Oh, the White House. Ah, yes, yes. Yes, I can do that. I can I do can that. Do that. <laughs> nice. um, so yeah, I remember the event, I mean, like in the back of my hand, um, you know, we got our choir together. They put us at a secure location 
um, at a church away from downtown, got us on a bus, had like a police convoy, Wow. went past five security gates. Um, we had, you know, there was guard dogs, helicopters, the entire world was watching. I mean, we had every news station mm, wow. across the nation. Um, I remember the firefighters had a beautiful American flag coming down from the Myerson Symphony Center and uh, we snuck my mom in, of course. Um, <laughs> and uh, I went, uh, I remember sitting on stage, we had the entire Dallas Police Department there, all the families of the five fallen police officers. Um, and then when they said, you know, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the President of the United States, President Obama, Michelle Obama, George W. Bush, Laura Bush, Joe Biden, Jill Biden, uh, the mayor of Dallas, Dallas police chief. And I was just sitting there like, oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Um, but in all honesty, it was just one of those events that like you'll remember forever because it's such yeah. a moment of like human connectivity yeah. and emotion. Yeah. And obviously it was a very sad event, but it was one of those events that you're proud of being a part of because mm. it just shows how humans can band together during crisis. Yeah, that so. and what an amazing opportunity that you just kind of like happened to know the right people that yeah. your name was on whatever list yeah, that they had. Yep, uh, you know, by now I, I imagine I'm on some list, you know, <laughs> of, you know, somewhere. I've yes. been around George Bush for so many times and then that and stuff. So maybe I'm on like, he's good to go. He's a good, <laughs> it's yeah. fine, he's doing good. We, we trust him now. We trust him, he can be in an event, it's fine. Yeah. So That is, wow, what an amazing experience. So you finished SMU mm -hmm. and what have you been doing since then? With oh, music? since then. Um, so obviously I've been here at uh, Robin Hill Studio. Um, I was assistant music director at a church here in Dallas, um, but just performing uh, around different places, mm -hmm. um, doing different things. Um, I actually, uh, during the pandemic, the pandemic was a little difficult for me because I had a heart procedure during oh, really? the pandemic. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. And so uh, I had about a year where I was kind of like incognito in a way mm -hmm. during the pandemic, but once the vaccine came out and everything, I was good to go and kind of just jumping back into into the world mm -hmm. instead of performing and uh, yeah yeah so actually speaking of covid i wanted to ask you so obviously you do a lot of performance mm -hmm. you know you're a fantastic vocalist you sing for all kinds of people and all kinds of occasions covid hit every musician i think in a different way what was what what are some things that you uh that you experienced with covid and the change of covid to your musical life i think um it just put in perspective um I would say the power of what we're actually singing and performing mm. about, not to get all, you know, like, oh yes, the power of music, but I mean, we went through an apocalypse in a kind of a way. Mm. I mean, so many people were either sick or will never be the same. Um, I knew multiple people who died from COVID. Mm. And it's just, when you go through something like that and it's a constant beat down, like all of us have been through, I have come to appreciate music so much more. Mm. And the fact is small things as in like maybe, when I was in college and stuff, I probably wouldn't go to some random orchestra concert or I probably wouldn't just listen to random music because I had so much music for myself that I was learning and stuff. Mm -hmm. But now I find myself just like anytime there's any music, doesn't matter if you're in classical, could be um, pop, country, whatever it is, it's something that I just haven't heard before. I actually sit and I mm -hmm. listen or I, I put my you know, radio on 101, you know, classical radio station, or I'm going to operas and going to different things that I would have gone to before, but I wouldn't have enjoyed so much and I think mm -hmm. I hope that the world has taken from the pandemic is that we are here in the moment mm -hmm. and that the beauty of music and arts and humanity um, can flourish and should flourish and we shouldn't just be in our bubble of you know mm -hmm. I'm at work nine to five I'm just gonna work for the rest of my life mm -hmm. and that um, that's it and then you die you know yeah. it should be a joyful world and there is beauty to the world you yeah know? well and I think I mean like as a musician that's especially the case because like you mentioned just listening to music for fun 
if you're studying music in school or playing music for your job, it's actually quite surprising how often we get into just sort of work mode with music and we stop just listening to music to enjoy it because yep. we don't have time to or we're just not thinking about music that way because we're thinking about music in terms of like, okay, I'm performing this really, you know, like I said, in work mode, how can I make this performance amazing? And and yeah, COVID definitely, for me as well, made me kind of sit back and think a little bit more about like, this is just beautiful and I'm just gonna enjoy it or I'm gonna play something for fun or just sit and listen to something for fun. Um, so yeah, that I think that was a big change for me too. Well, and I think the other thing that um, a lot of singers and just musicians, musicians in general are learning now is that uh, everyone, you know, obviously you want a career in music, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I've changed my mindset in that not only do we get the pleasure and honor of like doing music, but having a life of music is not a career, it's a journey mm -hmm. in a kind of way. And you know, I, I like to think that, I think so many people when they want to become a musician is that, you know, we're, we're so saturated with like, you know, TikTok and social medias and all these mm -hmm. like young billionaires and all this stuff. And so everyone's like, oh, you know what, I have to, you know, be, I have to perform I, at 18, I need to be performing at the Carnegie Hall, or yes. I need to be in this, or yes. I need to win a Grammy at 20, or I need to do all this stuff. And I think you need to just have the mindset, and, I'm, and it's harder to do than I'm saying, but have the mindset that we get the pleasure of having the music in our mm -hmm. life that we will have for the rest of our lives, and that it's a journey, and the music is a journey, and that it'll make your life journey mm -hmm. even better. And so when you think of that in that way, and you say, I can do other things as well, you know? I mean, just because you want to pursue music doesn't mean that has to be your only life, yeah. right? You can do many other things. Um, right now, I'm a, I work at the Dallas Opera, and um, I half the people in the Dallas Opera are lawyers and doctors and mm -hmm. own companies and do this stuff on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, right now we're putting on uh, four operas uh, for the spring. They usually do two in the fall and two in the spring because they couldn't have they couldn't do it for um, COVID. Like this week, we actually are have like three different operas going on at the same time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like rehearsals, we have Barbara Seville, and then we have Flight going on rehearsal, and then we have Pearl Fishers, and we just got done with Mountain Butterfly. Uh, and so, but all these people that are in the chorus are just average people who just said, "I want music in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm great at singing." They all have training, or not all of them, but most of them do. But they do other things in life, and they mm -hmm. just said, "Music is just part of my life journey." And mm -hmm. so, once you understand that, then I think you'll enjoy music a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a good philosophy for all of us to keep in mind when we're teaching because it's so important to remember that not everything needs to be a competition. Right. <laughs> and it's easy to think like, oh, if I, if, if I know that I'll never be the best at this instrument, then what's the point in trying? And that's totally the wrong mindset. Like, even if you won't be the best, that's not the point. The point is that you can constantly grow in your appreciation for music. You can constantly enjoy it and continue doing it just because you like it and just because it's fun. Mm -hmm. And that's something I try to uh, remind myself and remind my students that it's not about being the best. Not that that's not fun, but right. it's also fun to play and just do it for fun. And I, I find out also that, um, I think this is in a lot of fields, but music in particular, being the best also doesn't mean that you are going to get all the roles or get all the yes, things, right? Yes. You could be the best, but 
But if you are a jerk and you also live on a rock and you don't know anyone, mm -hmm. um, then you're not going to go anywhere. Right? Yeah, it's and really true. So, I mean, I, I, you know, not to be all, you know, philosophical here, but I mean, really in the music world, everyone knows everyone. That's so, true. That's true. I mean, like we knew each we other knew each from other. like elementary school. So be nice. You know, I, yeah. you know, Emily over here, she wasn't nice to me, but you know. No. <laughs> That's true. I've always been mean yeah. my whole life. <laughs> but, you know, I remember a good experience with Emily. And mm -hmm. even though you know, seven years later, you know, I'm like, oh, we're working together. Together and you never know who you're going to run into, mm -hmm. uh, definitely in the music world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will say, you know, there's this amazing singer, but there's this person that may not be as good as them. Oh, but that person is a really nice guy, mm -hmm. is always on time, yeah. is always... Really dependable. Everyone's had a great experience working with him. Mm -hmm. Whereas this other guy, yeah, he's amazing, but what a diva. Yeah, like, and I've yeah. dealt with the divas, and they may get all the roles in smaller productions that mm -hmm. I've been in, but they have tried to go to like Broadway and stuff, mm -hmm. and they are just jerks, mm -hmm. and they just can't make it because once you're a jerk to one person, then everyone knows. Yeah. So. Yep. Integrity. Integrity, Integrity I mean, is huge. important. Integrity is so important. And it's easy to lose sight of that when it does seem like people around you are, you know, getting roles even though they do suck. Yeah. You know? It'll happen. Um, and it happens. But at the end of the day, you know, what matters is keeping your own personal, your personal integrity. Yeah. And doing what you love because you love it. And you'll be happier so, too if, yes. you, if you just have nice yes. people around you. That's, yeah, that's a great lesson. So, yeah, I think, I think COVID especially, like, you know, bringing this all kind of back, like COVID taught us a lot about the value of music just as an outlet for creativity and for our emotional catharsis and everything. And especially for performers, you know, people that make, try to make their living getting paid to sing or play. I think like the sort of drying up of all performance opportunity, I'm sure that that was something that affected you in a very specific way compared to, you know, maybe me or some other people that were in school or, uh, have a different job that isn't quite as dependent on uh, that kind of income. Exactly. But but yeah, I think I think that's a great thing to remember. So here's another question. Okay, fun. I know you went to SMU. Yes. You mentioned that you've had a church job. Yes. And you mentioned that you've done some performances. Yes. But it's my experience that most musicians have ended up having some weird jobs along the way to get to where they are. And mm. we probably will continue to have some weird jobs because Sometimes you don't always have a steady income. No, so yes. I want to know what are some of the weird jobs that you have had along the way to Griffin cool. Camacho 2022? Well, well uh, last summer, actually, uh, I had this interesting idea where I was like, I want to try different things. You know, maybe I don't want to be a singer. Maybe I should mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. So I, uh, and it was after, you know, I hid for a year and I was like, I want to get out there and do stuff. So I became a golf caddy. Really? Yes. Um, a horror. <laughs> Horrible. I'm just so I golf. Uh, golf is great. I you know I need to be better at it and stuff like that. Um, but you know I'm not. You know, uh, anytime I do like sport or anything of the, you know, I'm good at singing. You know, I'm good at talking. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, I'm in the same boat. And I, you know, I like going to the gym. But anytime I do like a sport activity, you know, like I, I did soccer once and I fell in a hole. I tried doing karate and I cried at four. You know, I did judo in college and I tore my meniscus. And so then oh, I tried no. caddying, and it's just not for me. I met really nice people and such, but you know, when you're hauling. Two, you know, 70 pound bags, 18 holes, you know, in the 125 degree Texas weather Jeez. during the summer. Not my thing. So that's, that's probably one of the weirder ones um, mm -hmm. that I've done. And, yeah. you know, obviously as a musician, you'll have to 
support yourself in many ways. I mean, I was one of the great jobs that I had was in college. I was at a, a little grocery here in um, Dallas called Royal Blue Grocery. They got me through college, and uh, you know, I learned so much from that. And the fact that um, I think musicians usually do service jobs, mm -hmm. and that may be why we're nicer people sometimes. <laughs> because I think we know how much of a jerk people right. are. And I yeah. think everyone should do a service job at one time mm -hmm. in their life yeah. just to learn how to be a nice person but at the job you know not only was I a server I was a cleaner and a cook and you know cashier and a barista and charcuterie board maker and wine sommelier and all this stuff and I learned so many different weird mm -hmm. things from mm -hmm. that job so yeah. that's another weird one that sounds fun yeah and also I want I'm gonna uh, push you because I I know that this is a really weird fun thing oh, you do yeah. um, you're a part owner in a racehorse <laughs> yes I am <laughs> that's like such a fun sort of like yep. little odd <laughs> odd income source yes so uh, recently uh, so I'm a city boy right um, I've always loved uh, the Texas way of life mm -hmm. um, but I haven't really gotten around you know branch life or um, horses in general. I, lo I love horses to death. Beautiful, majestic creatures. All the children of Poseidon. But um, I, uh, I, I haven't been around that as much because I've been mm -hmm. in the city so much. And recently I found a way to become a very small part owner of a racehorse uh, named Chasing Time. Mm -hmm. He's a thoroughbred and uh, it's been really fun. I've told them that this weekend I actually got to see him race in the Rebel Stakes in Arkansas and um, it's just been really fun because you get to be an owner and I got to be treated as an owner, was in the owner's box and all this fun stuff. That's and so cool. It's just a fun outlet and you know not to say that um, only musicians do this but I think musicians are more out there and singers uh, particularly because mm -hmm. we're extroverts yes. um, and so we find weird things like that just mm -hmm. to fill our time yes. you know and it's more of a hobby but yeah he's he's a beautiful beautiful horse and so That's fun. he's on the road to the kentucky derby right now so we'll, we'll, well see if we get there, i will so. wish chasing time great luck. <laughs> so you. you can go and sit at the owner's box at the kentucky you know derby. we're gonna have the big hats and everything yes. imagine me walking to be like howdy there i'm a horse owner mm -hmm. here at the kentucky got, derby just <laughs> get get a hat and a, just a giant belt buckle yep. like huge i'm gonna get like a, mm -hmm. a stick on mustache yes, you know yes, or yes, something yes. Bring, come, come in with a cigar yeah. an unlit cigar <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> oh man, that would be fun. Okay, so to end, mm -hmm. I want to ask you, you've you've obviously got a, a lot of experience with voice, you've played piano a little bit, you've probably dabbled in some other instruments because most of us have. Uh, of all the instruments that you haven't played or don't play well, what's one you really want to learn or really want to get good at? So uh, there's two. Um, one, I'm getting, I can play relatively okay guitar, I just need to get better at it because, you know, I'm a... My big three influences in music are Elvis, Johnny Cash, and Frank Sinatra. Mm -hmm. So I got the Elvis and Sinatra down. I'm good at being in tux in a big ballroom, bang pow, you know. Mm -hmm. That's a, one of my side dreams is to maybe to like, you know, be a, not a, a Sinatra or Bublé, but like to, you know, bring jazz type music to the modern world, but mm -hmm. have a big band. Because one thing that I am sad about, and sorry, I'm, I'll get back to your question. That's okay. One thing that I think is difficult in our modern music world is um, there's a lot of computer generating music mm -hmm. and not hiring of actual musicians to perform mm -hmm. on yes. albums. Especially instrumentalists, yeah. like horns and sax and that kind of thing. And even yeah. if I, you know, were to get in a position where I could, you know, if I was like a Grammy winner, blah, 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 I want to be in a room with the musicians because I, even now, like if I have to record maybe a song or something, I don't want the pianist to be like, yeah, I'll just send you a recording. I want to perform live with, with them. you. Yeah. Because there's a flow. Mm -hmm. to it and so if I ever were to bring you know my my thing I would say I wanted to be a cross between uh, Luis Miguel and Adele that mm -hmm. would probably be it you know man in a tux 
belting out notes, but also how the Adele style. And I would mm-hmm. say Adele is even a modern Sinatra in a kind of yeah, a way. Yeah, she, she is. She's definitely got like that sort of emotional sense. And people love it. And people always yeah. say, oh, Sinatra, that's too late for them. I'm like, no, it's just an evolution of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I say, but Johnny Cash is a big influence of mine. And so I need to learn guitar so I can do his, you know, mm-hmm. uh, improvisations and impersonations. I mean. Yes. Uh, but um, I did violin in sixth grade mm-hmm. in junior high, as we all had to pick in Texas. Yep, like, I remember. Band orchestra. Yep. And I did violin, but imagine me with a, even a full size violin. I was like this. Mm-hmm. And I always said I would really love sometime in my life to learn the cello because mm. the cello just has a connection to baritones mm-hmm. and it's just in the flavor of the texture of, of a cello it's just it's just literally if you had a, a baritone singer the cellist I mean it's just like night it's the same right mm-hmm. not nine day day and day it's day and day mm-hmm. um, but uh, they, I would just always want to play the cello because mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful instrument. So, it's so beautiful. I think at some point, you know, I'll probably go on Facebook Marketplace and find someone just giving away a cello. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, you can get baby grams on Facebook Marketplace for free. That's a weird, you uh, Well, know. you have to get lucky. You have to get lucky. And you have to find a way to get it to yeah, where you right. want it to go. Right. I would just say, like, you know, if you have to rent a U-Haul, even for $100 to get a piano. I mean, like, yeah, it can be a great deal if you have a living room big enough. Yeah, exactly. So. But if I find a cello somewhere, I may just, as a hobby, just learn it. I I'll never get like amazing at it, but I mean, cellos are just beautiful. They're I love so them. lovely. They really are. Yep. It's true. All right. Well, thank you for coming in, yeah. Griffin. Is there uh, anything else you'd like to say to the people before um, we say I, I would say this. Off? If y'all, um, when you pr- pursue voice, I think um, some people are afraid that when you do vocal instruction that isn't at some pop studio that's particularly like, we are pop, you know, we did this, like we are, if you want to win a Grammy. I think you need to be careful about picking those studios, whereas compared to like our studio, because say like when you come to do voice with like me perchance, I do have classical training, but when you want to pursue voice, you want to have a foundation for the rest of your life. You want to be able to sing till you're 80, yeah. right? And there's a lot of pop singers, that I won't name names, but uh, they may have sung great at 18 and 19. Um, they may have won a Grammy and stuff, but then as you see in their 30s and 40s and 50s, they all of a sudden can't sing anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're having so much difficulty in performing and they just hide and they can't sing anymore and they're doing like a backup tracks and stuff and they've been getting caught. And it's because they don't have the right technique. And mm-hmm. so I would say if you want to pursue voice here at Robin Steel Studio, whether with me or someone else, um, don't be afraid of the classical type training mm-hmm. that you'll start with. Um, say like if even if you wanted to do pop or country or whatever, I would probably give you a musical theater piece so we can get the foundations. Mm-hmm. Because everyone starts with bad habits and the point of that is to knock out the bad habits, create a foundation. Mm-hmm to sing whatever you want. So even though like, you know, I've done operas and musical theater, you know, I do, like I said, Sinatra or Elvis mm-hmm. or Johnny Cash, country, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. I love all types of music and I can sing those for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. hopefully, yes. because of that training. So yes. don't be afraid of going to a music studio that has a classically trained voice teacher mm-hmm. because like I may give my student a uh, musical theater piece, but I also say, hey, bring a piece that you would like, mm-hmm. the country, Christian rock, you know, rock and roll, whatever it may be. You know, I probably can't do rap, you know, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't tease that as well. But um, it's just a plethora of mm-hmm. that, so don't and be And who afraid. knows, you know, maybe, maybe you'll end up really liking classical music yeah. or really liking musical theater. But yeah. even if you don't, it's a great way to build good technique, good foundation. And that's actually true, not just for voice, but for my instrument as well, for piano. If you, if you come to me and you want to learn how to play like Elton John or Billy Joel or, you know, whoever, I'm happy to teach you how to play that kind of stuff. But we're still going to have some classical music theory in there and some classical technique for playing because without it, you really will kind of cripple your development as a pianist um, and as a musician. So 
yeah, don't be don't be afraid of classical music. You may end up liking. And it. when you're like you know older, even right now at my old age of 25 mm-hmm. or 24, I'm about to be 25. Um, even at that age, I wish I could just pull you know pull up you know and be like, oh yes, this uh, Mozart, uh, mm-hmm. blah, 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 yeah. you know. To be able well, to hey, you know what? Stuff. I can give you some. Lessons. Yeah, there you go. I, I was gonna say, also teach me some Elton John. That'd yeah, be fun, so. right. <laughs> we can absolutely do it. So yeah, come in, sign up for if you'd like to take a lesson with Griffin. Sign up for uh, lessons today at RobinSteelStudio.com. RobinSteel.com, excuse me. Uh, your first one will be free. Griffin is a fantastic instructor, and thank we you. love having him on our team. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye.